0: You have your Bibles open. Last Sunday, as we were going into vacation Bible school, I talked about the fact that worship, if you ever have an encounter with God, it'll change your life. It'll change your life. I was thinking about uh, Thomas down here, and he says, amen. Now, he's not here now. He's going out to the nursery. And, uh, but he's all the time saying amen. And I got to thinking about it the other night, and, and I appreciate uh, a church where a child learns to say amen in. Praise God. I appreciate that. And I'm, I thank you for living for God and being an example of a believer. But if you ever had an encounter with God and worship God, it'll change your life. If you ever have a meeting with him, certainly salvation, but then if you worship him, it'll change your life transform your life. But this morning, I want to look at another passage of scripture about something that transforms your life. Look in the book of Luke, if you will, please, in chapter number four. In Luke chapter number four, I want to begin reading with verse 31. Luke chapter four, verse 31. The Lord Jesus Christ is involved in his ministry, the very beginning of his ministry. Uh, He goes into Capernaum, and as he comes into Capernaum, in Luke chapter four, verse 31, And came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. And in the synagogue there was a man which had an unclean devil, and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who who thou art the holy one of God. Boy, isn't it something the devil's recognize who Jesus is. They know him. He is the, he is God incarnated in human flesh. But we'll look at verse 35 and Jesus rebuked him saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and hurt him not. Verse 36 is my text. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves saying, what a word is this for with authority and power, he commanded the unclean spirit and they came out. If you mark your Bible, I was telling Mitchell the other day, I've been devotional reading Of course in the old Testament. I, I run across all kinds of little phrases. I found in the Bible where it said that God liked somebody in the old Testament. Now, my wife tells me sometimes now, fellas, you can identify with this. Uh, she gets especially agitated me about something. And I say, you don't love me, do you? And she said, I do love you, but sometimes I don't like you. Uh, you, ever, you ever heard something like that? Uh, uh, I hear it quite often. But anyhow, uh, I, I love you, but I don't really like you. And, but isn't it good to be liked by the Lord? And then I was thinking about Facebook, you know, and all these others said, like us on Facebook. Well, it'd be good for you to like me on Facebook, but boy, I sure am glad that God likes me. Aren't you? I'm glad he likes me. And here's another phrase that just kind of stood out in my, my heart as I was reading this passage of Scripture and look at it in verse 36 and notice the response of these people at what Jesus did and how he spoke and commanded that demon to come out in verse 36. And they were all amazed and spake among them saying, uh, 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 themselves saying, what a word is this? That's not a question. What a word is this? That is a exclamation point. What a word is this. Hold your Bible up. Will you hold your Bible up? You've got your Bible with you. Will you say that? What a word is this. Thank God for that. What a word is this. This what a word. Man, listen, here is the word of God and what a word it is. Will you bow with me for prayer? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you and praise you and magnify your name. I ask God the Holy Ghost to help me now. Our Father all is vain unless the spirit of the Holy One comes down. Thank you for your abiding presence. But God, I ask beyond your abiding presence that God you'd give your anointing presence. I pray God for fresh oil. I pray God for a touch from heaven. I pray God that you'd set people's heart ablaze for the Word of God. I pray our Father that you'd move and bless in a very special way and God touch hearts those who may not know Christ, I pray they'll be saved. And Father, for those, our Father, who are saved, that God, you, Lord, just you stir in their hearts the reality the necessity of feasting and being blessed through your Word. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I told you I was afraid I'd overlook somebody in Vacation Bible School. One of the, uh, one of the great things about Vacation Bible School this year, Brother Ray Lee, God burdened his heart. He kind of coordinated an adult Bible class and got the teachers for that. And uh, they averaged, well, they started off at 30 and ended up with 50. And I thank the Lord for that. The Word of God is precious. And here's what I want to just say to you this morning. This book has changed my life. This book has changed my life. And all. Oh, what a word this is. If you could say that, could you say amen this morning? This book has changed my life. There's a fellow on television, I don't, I'm not going to say one thing about his ministry one way or another. But his daddy started doing something years ago. Before they start their services, they begin their service. They hold their Bible up. And they say, this is my Bible. It, uh, it, I am what it says I am. I can do what it, it says I can do. And something they go through like that. That little bit I like. But I, I, I'd like to add some things to it. This is my Bible. It, God is who it's, He says He is in this Bible. Sin is what it says in this Bible. Hell is what it says in this Bible. Heaven is what it says in this Bible. And His Holy Ghost is what it says in this Bible. And my dear friend, it's Him that we need to find in this book. He said, Search the scriptures for them you think you have eternal life. And my dear friend, this book has changed my life. I, I think about Dr. Watt conservative missions, and I thought about Brother Gary Snow going to Romania and giving out Bibles, and the people had a hunger for the word of God and giving it out. And they came into one particular village where people had gathered and wanting a copy of the scripture in their own language. And uh, the the chief gypsy in the area refused them and wouldn't let them go. And and Brother Gary said, you could see just the disappointment on people's face. They were so anxious to get the word of God. And one dear old lady, Brother Gary said, she just had a pleading eye almost begging for the word of God, for the Biblios, for the Bible. And he, Brother Gary said, he, they were not allowed to give them out so he slipped around and, and put it on a stump or somewhere. I don't remember all the story. I wanted to check with him for service but he put it where she could see it. Brother Gary said as he drove away he saw, saw that old woman holding that Bible and kissing that Bible. I remember reading stories about those in communist countries and how the Bible was divided by pages and they didn't have but one Bible for a whole community and they divided it in little sections and they'd have to glue it up under the chair and glue it up under the table to protect it so the communists wouldn't get in and destroy the Bible and take the Bible out away from them and one little piece of scripture was a great treasure to them and they love the word of God and we've got them laying everywhere you see them in all kind of yard sales and everywhere you know what I got to think about the other day God spoke to my heart I think every time I see a Bible anywhere I'm going to buy it there's somebody could use it and you can just give them out to every person and share them with people but my dear friend this Bible changed my life it made all the difference in the world in my life and it to make the difference in your life. What a difference this Bible has made in your life. Thank God for singing and thank God for fellowship and thank God for being around the house of God. But what really makes the difference is this Bible. It is this Bible. This Bible makes a difference in your life. When, listen, when I need direction, it gives me direction. When I'm discouraged, it gives me encouragement. When I stray away, it gives me correction. When I'm hopeless, it gives me hope. When I'm down and discouraged and sorrowful, it gives me comfort. When I, when I get weak, it gives me strength. My dear friend, this Bible is real, and it'll help you. It ought to become real to your life. He gave us this word. You know what the Bible says? He exalted his word above his name. He said, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. My dear friend, this is the eternal word of God. It's not old. It's not antique. It is eternal, which means it's changeless. It's just like him. It's the same yesterday, today, today. And forever. And it is a powerful book. Hebrews says it is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword, piercing even to divide in the son of joint marrow, And as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, this Bible is powerful. My dear friend, this Bible is something that you need relish. Can I tell you, you this Bible, you, you ought to love this Bible. It is, my, it, it is the one constant thing in a changing world that you've got at your house. It is the one thing that you can depend on every day. It'll always be there. I remember when we went down in Valdosta, Georgia, and uh, I told you about our fancy living room. My wife sat up down there, had all the the pretty furniture, and wouldn't let me go in there and sit on nothing. And that was when we were doing being fancy and having people come. And so so whenever I'd get up early and she wasn't up yet, I'd slip in there and uh, I'd I'd sit and I'd go in there and she on a little uh, uh, table there by the end of the, one of the, the, at the end of the couch, she had her grandma's old Bible. And it was just an a, a old Bible. It was worn and everything and had little wire rim glasses laid on top of it and little handkerchiefs that she always had. And I sat there and I picked up her Bible that morning and I got to thumbing through it and I saw places in that Bible that, that the margins you could tell the oil from her fingers were on it. I wondered how many times that old lady back in the depression days when she didn't have any food and she'd open that Bible when God said my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. I wonder how many times she shed a tear over that verse and the Holy Ghost of God spoke to her heart and said don't you worry about it it's on the way and god took care of that i thumbed through that bible and i saw where she had wept over it i saw where she'd marked things in it and as i turned through it i found marriage announcements i found birth announcements i i found clippings out of the paper and i, I held that bible for a few minutes and i said this wasn't ada Vivert's it's just bible for sunday this was her life her life's in this book my dear friend that's the way it ought to be in your life this book ought to be a reference to you listen I, 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 I'm not talking about me I'm just talking about anybody who loves the white Bible but you know what I don't ever go on vacation don't take my Bible I mean why would you want to go on vacation and not take your Bible that ought to be the first thing you pack wherever you go you ought to take your Bible I mean you're going to go off for a few days take your Bible going on a business trip take your Bible now, you can read a Gideon Bible I know that but it won't be your Bible you need your Bible you take your Bible with you My Bible, my dear friend, it's it's been precious all these years. It's changed my life. It's made a difference. I'm not going to die and go to hell. I'm going to go to heaven because of this book. God has directed my life. God's blessed my life because of this book, and I thank the Lord for it. Listen, I I I, I, I try. I never lay anything on my Bible. I don't ever lay anything. If I've got a stack of stuff, my Bible's always going to be on the top. Everything else on the bottom. The Bible always is on top. I never lay my Bible on the floor. I don't get if I'm around the house somewhere. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to move things around. My Bible's there where I always read. I don't leave my Bible on the floor. No, I, I, this, this is precious Word of God. I mean, it ought to be, you, you don't lay it on the floor. You don't abuse it. You don't, it's the precious Word of God. And you, you ought to love this Bible. It's your friend. It's your constant friend. It ought to be your constant companion. And let God minister you through this book. Did you, millions of people, have died because of this book? Because of just simply believing the Bible, uh, the translation of the English Bible that you have, my dear friend, the martyrs and days gone by were, were were put to death, burned with a torch. William Tyndall was born, or burned, and others were burned because they wanted you to have a Bible to be able to read. I mean, people have given their life so you could have this Bible. And my dear friend, this is the Bible. It's the only thing that tells you about heaven. It's the only one that tells you about how to be saved. It's the only one that tells you what to do when you're in trouble. It's the only one who makes God real to you and lets you know. It's this Bible, and they ought to thank God for it. This Bible's changed my life. It's made a difference in my life, and thank God for it. You know what the Bible said? It is the Word of God. It is the Word of God. Jesus Christ has put His stamp of approval on this book. It is divinely inspired. That word inspired means God breathed. God gave this book. The Bible said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the Word of God. I, I believe in the verbal inspiration of the Scriptures, the plenary inspiration of the Scriptures. I believe that God inspired the words that's in this Bible. I don't believe He just moved on me and they wrote down what they wanted to write down. I believe God gave the words. It's God's Word. Every word, and it's precious. Every word is important. And, it, and, and listen, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And you live by this Bible. You live by this Bible. Can I say something to you? This Bible, my dear friend, has changed my life in regard to salvation. The Bible said in First Peter that we are not redeemed with corruptible things, silver and gold, but with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it talks about that we have been redeemed through the infallible Word of God. The seed of the Word of God. You know why you got saved? You heard the Word of God. And it was implanted in your heart by the Holy Spirit of God. And it brought forth life. It's the Word of God that He uses to bring conviction. It's the Word of God He uses to show you that you're lost. It's the Word of God He uses to show you the Savior. It's the precious Word of God. It lives and abides forever. It's made a difference in my salvation. I remember when I was growing up, My mama and I uh, she, we start off going to a little church of God because they had a bus come by and I was just a little fella and I remember getting on that bus and going over there and the fella that was there at the, at the old time uh, church of God. Now old time church of God I'm not talking about modern day charismatic I'm talking about old time church of God didn't agree with every little jot and every tittle but boy that fella preached the house down he preached the word of God. I remember as a little boy hearing him preach the word of God and how he preached that Bible and then uh, they, we got connected with a, a, a southern Baptist church a little mission church out close to the home i don't know how we did that but somebody come by and got taking me and mom over there and I, I god got to dealing with me as a young boy and i, I had this friend of mine his name was billy white and uh, he we were together did everything together he married a woman named regina a girl named regina i married one named regina i married mine first he married his that second we both had little light blue falcons i wish i had that light blue falcon now I, I, I sure like that I, but it, it, I, it, we, we were best of friends but now his mama and him had been in that church a long time and as, as I got to going there he wanted me to join the church and I remember one day we were out uh, between Sunday school and church and I, I don't recall how old it was but I remember him talking to me said you can walk down there and join the church today and I said, I don't know if I'm not. He said, I'm going to twist your arm if you don't. I, I, I've heard people talk about it. They twist your arm, but he meant it. He said, I'm going to twist your arm. And during the invitation, he got to got, got punching me, got to punch me. And you know what? You know what I felt during the invitation? I felt him a punching me. That's all I felt that particular day. I didn't, and I, wasn't, I didn't, wasn't about to go down there. But the Holy Ghost of God sent a young pastor there named uh, 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 Ted James. And Ted, Brother Ted came to that church. And he, he was, a, he was a, a real man. Up to that time, it seemed to me like preachers were just different. They just were different. I mean, they ought, ought to be a little bit different, but I'm talking, about, I'm talking about different, different. But Ted James, you know what he He loved to hunt. He loved to fish. And you know what he helped me to understand and all the rest of the boys in that church? That God's real on the ball field. God's real out you in, in the woods. God's real. He walked with me and Jesus was real to him. And the Holy Ghost of God began to deal with my heart. And I remember the day that Ted James and Adventures came to my house, to my mama's house. And I went out the front door. And then they shortly, as they came up in the yard, I went out in the front yard. Mama sent me out. And then they came walking out the front door. And I was around the front yard there. Mama had old metal glider. And they sat down there. I wish I could tell you all that went on. I don't remember all the details. I don't remember it. But I do know this. Ted James and the evangelist, one on one side, one on the other, had a Bible. And it made a difference in my life. It made a difference in my life that day. It changed my life when the Holy Ghost of God spoke to me. And it wasn't Him a twisting my arm. It was Him convicting my heart. It was a sweet Holy Ghost of God, and He used the Word of God to do that. And I trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. That's a long time ago now, and I'm still saved. I'm still going to heaven. Thank God for that. It, it's made a difference in salvation. But all, over these years... This has been a great treasure in my life. You see, for a long time, I, as a young boy, even, I, I'd go to Sunday school and list to the Sunday school teacher and, and, and all of that. I'd pick up a little bit, little bit here, a little bit there. But as I, I became uh, a, a young man, I began to really read the Word of God. It made a difference in my life made a difference in my life. As I began to read, I couldn't believe that God would speak to a little boy from a cotton mill town. I, I wouldn't believe that that God could show me truth in the Bible. And I began to read it. Boy, God began to deal with me. And I had things in my life and God began to speak to me about things and deal with me about things. And at that time, I, I used to smoke. And and uh, I, I had this fellow at work and I was witnessing to him trying to tell him about Jesus. And he said, Brother Billy, are you really saved? I said, yeah. He said, did you, did you tell me that, that Jesus satisfied every desire of your heart? I said, yeah. And he said, well, listen, he said, if he satisfied every desire, how come you're still smoking? And I didn't have a good answer for that. I could tell him why I like to eat hot dogs and I could tell him why I like to drink Pepsi Colas and other things, but I didn't have any, any real good reason to keep on smoking. And so, you know what I said? I said, listen, I read the Bible. He said, great is he that's in you that he that's in the world. And I said, Lord, I can't handle this, but there's somebody inside of me that can and I don't know why, but the Holy Ghost said this to me. He said, "That little New Testament you got, you've been keeping in your front pocket, put it in your shirt pocket." And you know what I did? I took out what I had in my shirt pocket, and I put the New Testament in there. And boy, at, at every break time when I'd get walking toward the canteen and the cotton meal, my hand would do like this right here. <laughs> you know where I'm going? And as as I'd reach for that cigarette, I'd, I'd find that Bible, and I'd reach and I'd read a verse. And then and and through the day, another time when I, I just or habit, you know, habit, reaching in there. I'd always hit that Bible, and I'd read it. You know what? It wasn't long before the devil said, quit doing that. Don't do that no more. And I quit. I quit reaching, but I kept loving the Bible. I kept reading the Bible. My wife and I were blessed with, we have a wonderful family. But most of you know that my wife and I, our first daughter named Christy developed leukemia. And uh, during those days is when God was telling me about preaching and I surrendered to preach the gospel. And she died one month later. And she died with leukemia. And I, I remember how people came and flocked around the house and how they loved us and loved on us. And I want to tell you, this Bible changed my life. We were crushed. Here we were. I'm going to serve God. I surrendered to preach. And one month later, my daughter dies. And boy, listen, we, I, 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 it was hard on my wife and, and hard on me. And what in the world were we going to do? And I couldn't rationalize, I couldn't figure it out how the devil does. The devil jumped on and says, you see, that's what God does. You're going to serve God. He, he, he let your daughter die. He took your daughter and everything. Listen, people try to console me and talk to me, and people are good. But one night, in the middle of the night, I couldn't sleep, and I was up. And I came to the Bible. And God, the Holy Ghost, said, I going to show you something. And he had me turn over to John chapter 14, and he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house of many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you myself. that where I am, there you may be also. You know what the Holy Ghost of God said in my heart? He said, I didn't do one thing the other night at Duke Hospital, but keep my word. He said, I had Christy a place fixed already in heaven. And it was ready. And it was time for her to come. And I just kept my promise. I came and took her. I going to tell you something. As a young father grieving over his daughter, God spoke peace to my heart. And I don't know how many thousands upon times I've told somebody that out of the Word of God that Jesus just kept His Word. He came and got him, and He took him home. And thank God for that. I praise the Lord for that. He's ministered my heart over and over and over again in this book. This book has changed my life in times of sorrow. It's changed my life in regard to salvation. It's changed my life in regard to direction. I've been reading the Word of God and God would speak to my heart. and God would show me things and tell me what He wanted me to do. Speak to my heart out of the Word of God. Can I say something to you? The devil's going to come against you in, in all kind of battles. And one of the great battles that many people face is the question of doubting their own salvation. Doubt their own salvation. Are you saved or not? And, and the devil just r- wrestles with you. I mean, I've just God just showed me this not so terrible long ago. As I began to read in 1 John chapter 1, verses 5... In verse 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 24, he said, These things have I written unto you that believe upon the name of the Son of God, you might know that you have eternal life. Can I tell you there's only one definite assurance that you're saved? It's this book. I can't give you assurance of your salvation. Your mama can't, your daddy can't, but this book can. And you can get in an emotional service where things are sky high, and you may the devil come up right in the middle of that service. He'll whisper in your ear and say, You're not saved. Now, I, I, if it's a Holy Ghost, you will understand it. But when it brings to you a spirit of, of disp- depression and everything else, I don't know there's one truth that I learned. These things have I written. And the Holy Ghost of God spoke to my heart and said, how many times have you been reading the Bible and I blessed you? And how many times have you been somewhere by yourself reading the Bible and you've come a conviction and thought you was not saved, but you weren't sure you are saved? You know what dawned on me? Not one time. Not one time in some sort of emotional stir. There might be doubts arise. When heartaches come, there might be some... When failure comes, there might be some question mark. But not one time reading the Bible. And every time I'd read the Bible... Where he said, scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet peradventure for good man, some would even dare to die. But God committed his love toward us that while we we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, and my dear friend, God speaks peace to my heart. The Word of God, God's changed my heart. God changed my life through this book, through this book. Said, well, a few years ago, not so terrible long now, I was going through a lot of things, a lot of just pressures. a lot of the, all kind of stuff on me. And I, I, it just got overwhelming. And I, went, I just had gone to God in prayer. And I couldn't say a word. I just got on my knees. I could not say a word. And then all of a sudden, something just started coming out of me. And he said this, Our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the Bible. That's the Holy Ghost of God. Had it down in my heart and right at appropriate time. And you know what, boy, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you, you, she, uh, I, 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 it's Sister Effie here. She'd be shouting right now. Y'all sitting there looking at me like a calf at a new gate. But I'm going to tell you something. The Holy Ghost of God came up on my heart and he said, your heavenly Father. He is your heavenly father. And boy, I'm going to tell you one thing. If you know he's your heavenly father, it don't, nothing else matter. I don't care what the bill say. I don't care what the doctor says. I don't care what nothing else is going on. When the Holy Ghost of God reminds you, he is your father through the word of God. What a blessing that is. What a blessing that is. Dr. Charles Allen, pastor in Atlanta, great Methodist preacher days gone by. He gave this prescription. I've shared it with you before. But he had these people, this lady in his church who was especially troubled about something. And he said, ma'am, won't you do something for me? I'm going to write your prescription out. And he wrote it on a piece of paper. And here's what it said. It said, go home and find Psalms 23 in your Bible and you read it five times a day for 30 days. And then come back and talk to me. And if you know the Lord, if you listen, every person in here, you ought to get that in your heart. You ought to read Psalms 23. You ought to read it five times a day for 30 days. See what happens. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me down in green pastures. He leads me inside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name. sake. yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for thy heart with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to tell you right now, you can read the Holy Ghost of God get that truth down in your heart. That's the Word of God. Oh, listen, you won't ever face anything that won't answer the question to it. That word's changed my heart. Changed my life. Changed my life. You say, Brother Bill, how did it change your life? Changed the direction of my life. Changed the direction of my life. The Word of God's changed the direction in my life. God made a difference in my life. Changed me. In the direction of my, of my ambitions and my education and everything else. The Word of God's done that. God's changed me. Changed my delights. I mean, it fixed me. You know, when I was a boy growing up, there were certain things I didn't like. I didn't like rutabagas, and I didn't like squash. Mama, my daddy had bad ulcers, and Mama just had to cook everything real bland. She'd stew them squash, and it was nasty. And that, my my father-in-law said a hog ain't anything but a squash, and that's true. Uh, a hog won't eat a squash. And but you know, I but my wife, since we since we got we got grown. My wife takes, she'll put half onions and half squash and a little bit of bacon fat or either a little bit of oil and cook that and stew them things down. Put salt and pepper in that. and I love them. I love them. And rutabagas, I, did, I, I, could, eat a, I could eat a quart jar of them right now or a bushel basket full of them right now. I love rutabaga. My, my appetite changed over time. But when I got saved and I began to read this Bible, it changed my delights. It changed my life. Well, you look back in your look in your Bible, please, in, in Psalm number nineteen. Psalms number nineteen. This Bible changed your life. If You get to read this book. Oh, listen, what David said about it in Psalms number 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, of making wise or simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them thy servant, it, uh, the worn, and in keeping them, there's great reward. He said, you know what? He said, this Bible is sweeter than a honeycomb. You know what I found out the other day? I can't remember where we were at. I might have been in a doctor's office. I spent a lot of time there here lately, it seems like. Uh, but they were doing this thing about, no, it was on television. They were talking about chef life of food, how, how long you can keep chicken in the refrigerator, and how long you can keep milk in the refrigerator, how long you can keep eggs in the refrigerator. Do you know what the shelf life of honey is? Forever. Honey never goes bad. Evolution sure is smart. Like Ruth Back said, the little honey bees make that honey and they don't put any preservatives in it. They don't use any you know, colors, no artificial flavorings and it'll last forever and forever. Thank God for that. And this Bible is sweeter than honey. I'm going to tell you right now, it changed my life. It changed the light of my life. It changed the dictates of my life. Things I thought I ought to do, I, didn't, I, I found I didn't have to do. Things that, that things that it changed the, what was important in my life. Can I tell you, I failed the Lord. And the more I read, the more I studied, the more I recognized the truth of the Bible, I realized how much I failed as, as, as a father many a time. Can I tell you why? Because there's not one command in this Bible tells you to take your boy fishing. There's not one command this Bible tells you to take your boy camping. There's not one command this Bible tells you to take your boy and, and, and teach him how to play ball or anything like that. But this Bible does command fathers to teach their children the Word of God. You know why? Because it's important. That is the most important thing that you can do for your children is to teach them the Word of God. I wonder... I've often, when I got under conviction, Charles and I came under conviction, if, if we'd have been more faithful in our family devotions to sit and read the Word of to God together and just talk together, I wonder how many things we wouldn't have had to go through if we'd have done that. Listen, this Word of God's changed my life, though. It changed the dictate, changed what's important in my life. And thank God for it. Can I say to you, it's changed the destiny of my life? This book has. Jesus died on the cross for me, died on the cross for you, and he shed his blood for me. But the reason I'm going to heaven is because of this book. Now you say, well, Brother Billy, you're going because Jesus died for you. Yeah, Jesus died for me. But faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it's the gospel, gospel. How shall they hear without a preacher? The word of God is what God used to show me Christ. It's the word of God that showed me I was lost. It's the word of God that gave me that showed me Jesus. And it's the word of God that brought forth life in me. And my, this Bible changed my destiny. Boy, how important is this Bible? How many of you got a Bible? Hold your Bible up. Hold your Bible up. Listen, can I, I, want to just, I just wonder, I'm just wondering now out loud how much time you spend reading this Bible. I don't believe Brother Ray up Church church mind me telling this. When they first got coming out church, I went to his house. And he had reclined there. there. He said, Brother Billy, he said, I've never been a good reader. He said, well, when I got saved, I said, God, if you'll help me, I'm going to read your Bible. And he sitting, and he read that Bible, read that Bible, read that Bible. God helped him. Can I give you a testimony for my granddaddy that i never met? My granddaddy had no education at all. None. He couldn't read a newspaper. But somehow or another, when my granddaddy got saved, according to my mama, after some period of time of praying and looking, he got where he could read the Bible. He could read the Bible. Never had no formal education, couldn't read a newspaper. But he could read this Bible. God, the Holy Ghost, author of the book, helped him learn how to read. Did you know that in the early days of the settlers, this was the textbook? This is what they used to teach? They had it every day. Hey, when I was a boy growing up in school, I read the Bible every day in school because they felt like it would make a difference in our lives. And I believe it did. It changed my life. This is a great treasure. I want you, I don't beg you to, don't, don't neglect it. You will to reverence this book, but then you ought to read this book. You ought to read, a lot of you respect the Bible, you ought to reverence it, but you ought to read it. Read the Bible. Just start reading it. Just feed on it. Feed on it. Boy, it thrills my soul. I, I see people when they've got to come, they come to church. I love to see people come to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Blesses my heart. I love to see them get involved in the choir and everything. But you know what really blesses my heart? When I get to talked to them and they get talking to me about reading the Bible. When they call me through the week about something they've seen, I, I've been there. I mean, when I was in that cotton meal and I got to read my Bible, boy, God showed me something. I'd get so excited I want to tell somebody. I'd call my preacher and I'd tell him, by, I said, Preacher, in such and such a place it says this. Well, boy, I'd be, I'd be having me a fit. And he said, Yeah, I knew it was already in there. I said, Yeah. And I, boy, later I'd, I'd, I'd get to read the book. I found something in the Bible and it just, ble- everything was new to me. It was just a blessing to me. And I'll tell you something, it hadn't changed yet. I don't want to change. I want to say, every time I read the Bible, God speaks to my heart. And listen, you ought to read it. You ought to ruminate it. Get it down and meditate the Word of God in your heart and life. And then you ought to rehearse it. You ought to tell it everywhere you go. You ought to tell it everywhere you go. Our children made a pledge this week. Hold your Bible in your hand. Hold your Bible in your hand. I want you to stand, will you stand up with me. Stand up with me. And I'm like Tim now. And like uh, Brad said this week, when I, when I stand up, my mind sits there. you got your Bible in your hand? I pledge allegiance. Say it with me. I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. This is your Bible. This is your Bible. And I want you to reverence it. I want you to read it. I want you to love it. It'll change your life. It'll affect your home. It'll change your children. It'll bring conviction. It'll win souls. It'll do, the word of God can do the work of God. If we just use it, it'll change your life. You want something to change your life? You're, on a, you're in a spirit of depression right now? You're going through a hard time right now? I want you to start today. You read the book of Psalm, read Psalms 23 five times a day. Get up in the morning and read it. Read it after breakfast. Read it for lunch. Figure out five times. Read it every night for you get a bit. Read Psalms 23 five times a day for 30 days. It'll revolutionize your life. It'll change your life. How many of you believe this is the Word of God? How many believe you ought to read it? How many believe it will change you? It will. It will. David said, Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee. I want us to bow together for prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray God the Holy Ghost will set a fire in my heart, the heart of these people for the word of God. Father, you know my own heart. What changed my life is this book. And the minister of the Holy Spirit of God applying the truths of this to my life. God, I'm glad you're still working on me. And God, I'm glad that I'm going to heaven because the sweet Holy Ghost of God applied the Bible, the truth of the Word of God that liveth and abideth forever to my heart and life. I'm glad our Father, those times when there are dark days, it's still light. I'm glad, God, when there's discouragement, it's still encouragement. And times when there's sorrow, it's still joy. I'm glad, our Father, that when there's no hope and you read this Bible, there's great hope. Our Father, when we see the nation that we love so dearly declining, we know, our Father, our citizenship's in heaven and Jesus Christ is coming again. Our Father, I want to thank you for this Bible. Everything we know about heaven's in this Bible. Everything we know about hell's in this Bible. Everything we know about being a husband's in this Bible. Everything w- women need to know about being a wife is in this Bible. Everything that moms and dads need to know is in this Bible. God, I pray you'd help us to love the Bible, live and serve you, and love your word. This book that you hold in your hand did not come to you cheaply was given by the Holy Ghost of God, inspired. Over many years, the Holy Ghost of God divinely inspired it. I believe in divine inspiration. I believe in divine preservation. I believe this book has the blood of martyrs on it. People who loved this book, and wanted every one of you to have one. I'm glad it has the blood of the Savior, it has the blood of the martyrs on it. it, has the blood of our forefathers on it. They carried it with them to battle. The principles of this book, what our nation was built on, the freedoms that we have, came because of the results of this book, what we believed. You ought to love this Bible. And we neglect it so. We watch CNN and Fox News and everything else, Andy Griffin Show and everything. We got time for everything but the Bible. Here's what I want you to do this morning. I want to ask you, will you do this? We're going, to, we're going to close. We're going to go. not going to keep you long. This is God's inspired word. I believe we ought to make a covenant Him. This is my Bible. I will read it. I'll reverence it. I want to ruminate it and meditate on it. I, I want to relive it. I want to live the truth. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. And I want to rehearse it. I want to tell people the Bible. If you're here this morning you you've been a casual Bible reader, I want to ask you to start feeding on the Word of God. Ask God the Holy Ghost to teach you the book. If you're, if you're a student of the Word of God and you've been blessed, some of you want to come. Just I, I, I want to ask you to do this this morning. Here's the invitation. It's what God laid on my heart. I believe it will revolutionize our church. It will it'll make us more effective in the community. If we become serious Bible students reading the Word of God, studying the Word of God. You you already do that. Great. You ought to come and ask God to help you to go deeper and, and to be more diligent. If you've not been doing it, would you come make a covenant and say, Lord, I've been neglectful of your book. God, I want to begin to read it, feed on it every day. And some of you say, well, Brother Bill, I don't read well. Well, you read what you can you could also get audio Bible. Listen to it. But I'm telling you, there's ways you can get to the Bible. Get to the Bible. And the invitation is for you to this, to come and say, first of all, Lord, thank you for your Bible. Thank you. And Lord, I want to love you. I want to feed on your word. I know it's through the word that I grow. It's through the word of God that I get faith. And Father, I pray you'd just feed me from the word of God. I invite you right now, if you're a Christian, to come. And just kneel or just come stand around. And this between you and God now, and this is not for show, this is real. You say, well, I read my Bible every day. That's okay. Just, if you're satisfied with that, that's okay. But if, if you want to come this morning and say, God, thank you for the Word. And God, I want to be more dedicated. And God, I want this Bible to be alive to me. And I want to live in me. And I want to obey the Word of God. And to transform your life. The Bible said, be not conformed to this Word, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know how that happens? It happens through the Word of God and the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. Will you come this morning to rededicate yourself and dedicate yourself to read and study the Word of God? If you're here this morning, the Bible says there's those who heard the gospel, but it didn't benefit them because it was not mixed with faith. The gospel is this, that Jesus Christ died for your sins. He was buried. He rose again, and he's alive forevermore. And the gospel is that Jesus loved you and died for you. But by faith, you have to receive his word his word. Oh, what a word. Oh, what a word that changed my life. I mean, this is the word of God. And this morning, if you believe the gospel, it will save you. If you're here this morning, you've never been saved. According to his word, he said this, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. A few weeks ago, Dustin got saved and uh, Sam has talked to him and I talked to him a little bit the other night. You know what Dustin said? Dustin said for two weeks, it's been the greatest two weeks he's ever known. He said, God showed him. God blessed him. It's the Word of God. He received, believed the truth of the Word of God, that God would save him, God would change him, and he did. You can do the same thing this morning. If you're here and you don't know for sure you're going to go to heaven, would you believe the Word of God this morning? Listen to what he said. It's not a preacher. This is what the Bible said. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. He that hath the Son hath life. He said, when we get saved, the Holy Ghost of God comes in us crying, Abba, Father. That's a birth cry. Will you call on him right now? Pray a prayer just similar to this in your own heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Come in my heart and save me right now. I believe the Word of God. I believe that you died for me according to the word of God, according to the scriptures. I believe that you were buried according to the scriptures. You rose again. You're alive according to the scriptures. And you said, if I'd call on you, would save me according to the scriptures. I turned to my sin and I turned to the Savior. I receive Jesus right now as my Savior and Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done. You always keep your word. Thank you for saving me. Heavenly Father, I ask now the sweet Holy Ghost of God would help me and every believer. Lord, to just spend more time in your Word. These are dark days. They're going to get darker. and We need to have the Word of God hidden in our heart. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you and give you glory in Jesus' name.